Good morning. Um, today, tonight, tomorrow, is known on the Jewish calendar as not just the Shabbos before Tisha B'av, but as Shabbos Chazon. Why is it called Shabbos Chazon? Why is it called Shabbos Chazon? Because um, the Haftarah, very simply, the Haftarah that we read, in general, there's 10 weeks in the year where the Haftarah is very specific. There's the three weeks leading up to Tisha B'av, where we read three Haftarahs which talk about rebuke to the Jewish people, etc. And there's seven Haftarahs following Tisha B'av, which are called the Shivad and the Chemta. The seven Haftarahs leading up to Rosh Hashanah, from Tisha B'av to Rosh Hashanah, where it's all about comforting the Jewish people for their mourning. So this is um, the special Haftarahs that we read. Now the Haftarah of Shabbos Tisha B'av is the vision of Yeshaya. A vision of Yeshaya. It's called, it starts, Chazoi Nishayo Ben the vision of Yeshaya. And because it's talking about the vision of Yeshaya, it's called Shabbos Chazoin. Now, a little parcher, who was a chassid of the Alter Rebbe, Mittler Rebbe, brings, and Samach Tzedek, brings um, something that, that Rebbe Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev once said. Rebbe Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev, um, uh, said the following that on the night, on the Friday night, the Shabbos of Tishabah, when we go to sleep, so to speak, we have this vision that is shown to every Jewish person of the third base of Migdosh, Lachayim. We should be with Mashiach, this Tishabah. So the, that, that every Jewish person is shown a vision. Of the third base of Mikdash. And this um, vision of the third base of Mikdash is something that uh, I, don't remember, I don't remember seeing. I actually have one memory, not of Shabbos Tishabah, but as a child when I was very young, um, I had dreaming about Mashiach coming in my backyard. And there was like this uh, Mashiach, I have the, but I didn't, I didn't have a vision of the third base of Mikdash <laughs> on the night of Tishabah. I don't remember the fate. I just remember like like uh, the setting where Mashiach was and what he was doing and ever the people where Tchias Mason was happening from like uh, the fence between mine and my neighbors. People were coming out of the graves. One second. Let's, let's finish. Let's, 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 let's say it like so. <clears throat> Mashiach came. And all of a sudden, it's not a dream. It really happened. Gabriel, Malach Elohim, Baruch Atah, Ramadi Kafah. Adam, Abraham, Hashem Shelcha Shel Avraham Avinu. Achaim Shedi, so obviously it applies to every single Jew. Now even though we may not see the base of Middash actually, we know there's this famous thing that we have a mazel in heaven um, that, that sees things for us and has an influence on us. The, the, the source of this is Daniel. When Daniel saw um, what was being written on the wall, the whole thing, the people with him also did not see exactly what happened, but it says they were scared, just like, and they, they felt like they saw something even though they didn't see it. And we, it's explained that their mazel saw it. So even though we may not physically see the base of Middash in our dream, it's a vision that's shown to us, and we have the, the feeling of it in our neshama, the part of us that's in heaven, actually sees it. Um, now, what's the point? What's the purpose of it? Is it a teaser? Like, what's the purpose? What's the idea of seeing the base of Middash every Tisha B'av? 
Are we trying to, to tell you, oh, look at what you're missing, like trying to make fun of us? Like, what's the idea? So he explains. Rabbi Yitzchak Rabbi Dishav explains a beautiful mashal. He says it's like a father and a child, or a king and a child, whatever example you want to use. A father loves his child, his only child. And the father, because he loves his child, he makes for him the most expensive custom silk, whatever you, you want to add to it with, with the gems of a suit. And the most expensive suit that ever existed. And he makes it for, for his child because he loves his child so much. He gives it to the child. Now, obviously, the child being a child doesn't know how to take care of it. And he rolls in the mud and he plays with it till eventually it gets ripped and ruined. The father sees what happens, gets all upset. It got ruined. But the father, because he loves his child so much, he gives him a second one. Again, identical. The same exact, beautiful piece. The child again wears it. But again, the child is still a child. So the child, again, ruins it, rolls in the mud. And the father gets very upset. And this time the father says, okay, the child is not ready for it. I'm not going to make the same mistake again. The father says, I'm going to make the same garment, but I'm going to keep it in my closet, locked away in my room in the safe. And the father decides, once in a while, I'm going to open the safe and take it out and show the child, look at this, it's here for you. All you need to show me is that you're ready for it and you'll get it. And obviously his idea, his idea is the child should see what's, he's, what's, what's in store for him and train himself to be so responsible to, to, so that the father can trust him and eventually give him the garment that waits for him. And, the, and this, this is the goal of the father with showing this to the child every once in a while. This is the muscle that Rebbe Yitzchak Abedichev brings to explain, and it's a beautiful muscle. it's exactly what's going on. God made a first temple and he gave it to us. We, it was, we, we didn't know how to act like responsible adults and we did things. It was destroyed. Second temple, again, we weren't responsible enough and things happened. So God wants to give us a third temple. But God says, this temple I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep in the closet. And every Tisha above, Hashem gives us this vision, like I believe Yitzchak Abedichev explains. And he, it's, it's not even a teaser. It's, a, it's, a, it's showing you, this is here for you. It's ready for you. Show me that you're ready and you'll get it. And it's, it's a, this is what's, what the vision is supposed to accomplish. So it's a beautiful muscle from this Gobert. We can stop right here. It's a very, very powerful thing that God is trying to give us a feeling of what's waiting for us, that we should be able to, um, to know what's in store and it should be inspire us and motivate us to, to become responsible people. Um, now, there's a focusing on one diuk, one nuance in the muscle, we can come out with a beautiful, even deeper insight. Um, there's a very famous, based on the Zoyar, the Zoyar brings the fact that we compare the Beis HaMikdash to a bias, to a house. That the Beis HaMikdash is supposed to be a permanent thing. Unlike the Mishkan, for example. The Mishkan was oil moyed, right? The Mishkan was, a, was only a tent. It was only temporary. It was put up and taken down, put up and taken down. Um, you pitch the tent and you, and, you, and you take it down. The Beis HaMikdash is a house. It's a permanent structure. And it's for a reason. The Beis HaMikdash was meant to be permanent. It wasn't meant to be destroyed. <clears throat> and for sure, the third base of Mikdash, which we know the whole Chiddush of the third base of Mikdash, is that it will never be destroyed. It's going to be eternal. And one of the ideas of it is that the first two were the work of man, that obviously was divinely, a God gave them instructions, and there were miracles that happened as part of making it the Shamir. <clears throat> but it was made by man, the Binyana de Barnash. 
the third temple is going to be the work of heaven. There's a machloikas, whether it will be built in heaven and brought down, or whether it will be built by Mashiach. Some people say a compromise, Mashiach will put on the doors. But according to everyone, there's some involvement of a human, and there's some involvement of God, unlike the first two basin Mignosh. That the third temple is built by God, and there's this permanency to it. There's this eternal um, aspect to it, which it will, it will never be destroyed, because it's the work of God. And for that reason, it's compared specifically to our house. And it's explained also the three Avos, um, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, each temple is compared to another one, and Yaakov is compared to the third one because it's Midas Ha'emes. It's, but the point is that if you think about it, the mushal that Yitzchak brings is very interesting. He could have given the same exact mushal using the example of a house. Use a garment. Yeah, the father could have gifted the kid a house, and the kid destroys the house. And we can relate, makes parties there and, and literally destroys it. What? Well, oh, it's okay. But it's a, we're talking about a, a God and the Jewish people, the temple. A house would be more suitable of an example. It's more of a permanent thing and it brings it out more. But here we're talking about a temple, which is hard to destroy also. So it would be more suitable to use a house. It's not like a garment, um, it's a structure. So, and it would bring out the, the idea so much more strongly. A house is, and also a house is not so easy to give, right? Even though a garment may be expensive, a house would, would fit so much more to the example. Why does the Vizchah Bredishev choose to use a garment? So, let's discuss the difference between a house and a garment. We know, Chassidus discusses this, and Kabbalah discusses this all the time, and we, I think we discussed this in the past, that there are three, um, we could categorize our needs in life, our physical needs in three categories. We call them mazoin, levush, and bias. There's food, what we take inside our body, and that's what goes on the inside, pnimius, it's what enters internally and keeps us alive internally, what we need to sustain ourselves. And then there's what's on the outside, what we need on the outside to, to live life. And in what we need on the outside, there's two categories. There's levush and bias. There's garments and there's a house. And they're very different. The most basic difference between them is that a garment, well, besides for a garment being temporary, that it can change, and the house being more permanent, but uh, a garment is something which is, we say, it fits like a glove, right? The garment is something which, which is measured to the measurement of a person. And you can almost, if you go to the locker room in some uh, place and you want to see um, the size of every player, all you need to see is look at, uh, look at their, their garments, look at what's in their thing, and you can see the, their size. And you walk, you see, you don't have to see the person even wearing it. You just see someone's clothing, you see what they wear, you can tell what type of person they are, you can tell what size they are, how tall they are, how chubby they are, um, etc. And but a house, you, can't, you don't necessarily see that. The house is more of a distant um, uh, need of a person. Yes, it's a need. And yes, in the house, you could tell if the person's wealthy or not so wealthy, or their, their style and design, interior design. Um, sometimes people don't even design their homes. But you don't see the size of the person. You don't see the, the um, intricate details of each one, what sets a person apart from another person. Um, and the, the same way you see it by a garment. And it's brought down in halach, everything is connected to Torah. It's beautiful. The Bible Rebbe says this. He brings a halachic source for everything. He says that the, the garment, we see from the Kayan, the Kayan Gadol, when it talks about the garments, it says it had to fit the measurement of each Kayan. It wasn't just one size fits all. And by a house, we find that... Um, the size of a person is brought down in Hilchus Mikvah. That the, the size of a mikvah, to fit the size of a person, is it says, Amal Amal Birum Gimal Amas. Is Amal square, 
um, with a height of three amas. Whereas a house, what's the minimum size of a house? On Ochus Mezuzah we have it. The minimum size for a house is dalda dalda amas. Completely not the size of a person. In halacha. So we see clearly, even from Torah sources, even even world sources, from Torah sources we see that yes, a house doesn't necessarily fit the measurements of a person. It's not what its character is. And a garment does fit the specific measurements of the person. Okay. Understanding that, this will lead us into a beautiful understanding of why a garment is the specific way to depict the Beis HaMikdash in the Mashal. Why? There is a quality to the Beis HaMikdash of being like a garment. How so? We know that the Beis HaMikdash wasn't just like your typical house, your typical home. Your typical home has different rooms. Each room serves a purpose, right? You have the master bedroom, you have the guest bedroom, you have the, I mean, every house is different. Some houses have more rooms for more things and some houses have less rooms. These people that, uh, when you go on these boats here, they, they show you, uh, when you have these drivers, sometimes they show you the different houses. I remember one, they show us a 10 bedroom house that there's just a couple living there. <laughs> uh, I think they're Jewish. They own a big uh, business, I forgot which one. But they, they have a tennis court, everything, and they're just a couple living there. <laughs> Um, so some people, they have rooms that are completely unnecessary. So, but the Beis HaMikdash was unique. The Beis HaMikdash was unique is that every single um, room had a purpose. Every single room didn't only have a purpose, had a holy status. Esri Kedusha, we say there was the Kedusha Kedushim, which had its own holy status, and the specific things that were there. The Kedush, and then the Ezra's, uh, then the Azara, and then the Ezra's Yisrael, and the Ezra's Nashim. Each one was, speci- was specified as specific, specific people. The Yisraelim were only supposed to, allowed to go beyond a certain point. Uh, we're not allowed, and the Levim also only beyond a certain point. The Koyanim and the Koyan Gadol, etc. It was very specific in the space, and even each measurement was specific. And interesting story that, uh, I forget the exact details, but there was someone that once brought a model based on Mikdash to the Rebbe, to the Babavich Rebbe, showed him a model, and each, he took all the measurements of the Beis Mikdash and put it in his exact measurements of centimeters, like compared it. By two hundredths. So it should be exactly like the measurements of the Beis Mikdash. And the Rebbe saw it, and uh, if the way the story goes, I forget the exact details, but the Rebbe gave him some, uh, just by seeing it, the Rebbe gave him some notes of how some parts weren't exactly with the measurements. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a fascinating story. But yeah, so everything was exact and everything was precise in its measurements, which clearly tells you that it's more like a garment than like a house. The Bismillah had this aspect to it where each, each cubic foot, right? Each, each measurement, each um, uh, inch was with a holy purpose. It was, it was to fit like a glove. It was literally for, there wasn't an extra spot and we discussed this in Pashas Nasai, when we discussed the, the wagons, how there were a specific amount of wagons, right, that and the wood could have fell off. Why did the, each shevet only donate, each Nasai only donate a half a wagon, they could have donated a full wagon, we discussed there. How when it comes to the base of Magdash, each thing needs to fulfill a purpose. If something there is extra, if there's an extra spot that doesn't fulfill a purpose, it cannot be part of the base of Magdash. Because the base of Magdash was the epitome of depicting, of expressing that every single part of it has a godly and holy purpose. So this is the idea of the Beis HaMikdash, which compares it, which shows that it's clearly like a garment, unless like a house, where it's measured to fit this specific need, and there's no extra space. Um, and, but going a step further, taking this a step further, this is exactly what we're trying to show the person when we show them the Beis HaMikdash. Remember, in the Mashal of the Beis HaMikdash, the whole purpose of showing them the, the garment, of showing the child the garment, is to get the child 
to be accustomed to become more responsible. That it should be more of a nature for him, it should be more natural for him to be more of a responsible person, to take care of what his father wants to give him. It's exactly the same when it comes to the Beis Mikdash. When it comes to the Beis Mikdash that we're showing. How so? That the Beis Mikdash that's being shown to us, the purpose is that we should become more accustomed to treating our lives and to treating everything in our, in our life, our own home and our own family and everything that we, that we are involved with as fulfilling a holy purpose. And this is the way it will be when Mashiach comes. When Mashiach comes, we will see God everywhere, so to speak. Meaning we will see how everything fulfills a holy purpose. We will see and we will use everything for its holy purpose. Right? We try to do that now. Right. <laughs> but this is the whole... When Mashiach comes, we will actually see it. It says in Yeshayah, that the physical eye will see how the, phys- the holy, godly purpose that there is in everything. So... The Beis Hamikdash is the beginning to that. The Beis Hamikdash, when Mashiach comes, will begin that revelation of of bringing out and everything in the world how it has a holy purpose, and there's nothing extra. Everything is there for a godly and holy purpose. Like we say, the famous thing that even the ground that we walk on will call out to us and say, "Why are you walking on me and not speaking words of Torah?" Meaning, the, the ground will serve a purpose in that. The whole time. <laughs> um, so this is this is. Um, why, this is exactly why Rabbi Yisrael uses the example of a garment. Because what are we trying to teach the child? We're trying to teach the child, do you want to show us that you're ready for the Bishim Mikdash? you want to show us that you're ready? Show us that you understand the idea of the garment. Show us that you understand how everything is there to fulfill a purpose. Show us how you understand that in your life, you need to, so to speak, take responsibility that you can't just treat something like it's like it's just an extra thing which you can choose whatever you want to do with it. That it doesn't serve a purpose. And it's there up to your discretion to decide whether it's there to give me pleasure or there for a godly purpose. The child needs to be able to show that everything serves a purpose. That everything is godly, um, has a godly purpose. And everything has God inside of it. And and I need to bring that out. And therefore the Vizcacha Berdichev specifically uses a garment. Because yes, there is the aspect of the ta- of Beis being like a house, that's permanent. But that's not so much what we want to get out of this child. What we want to get out of him is the child to feel and realize every time he sees it, every tish above, right? To realize that I need to start living my life more in a way that everything is for God. Everything is, it serves a godly purpose. See that in everything. See that in every experience. See that in every object. See that in every person. To see that everything um, is there for a purpose. So this is, when it comes to Shabbat, when we, we, we officially mourn the loss of the Beis HaMikdash, and we want, and we hope the Mashiach will be here, and we shouldn't have to mourn it, it should turn into a Yom Tif. But we, we were reminded of this, the Shabbos before, or like we mentioned a few days ago, that, if, that Shabbos is the only day in the three weeks where we're not allowed to express any mourning. Right? So that in itself is a taste of Mashiach. But within the morning, we're not allowed to. Um, so Shabbos, we're, we're shown this vision. What do you mean? Because we're Shkodesh and then Ches in the nine days. But he's saying in the three weeks In the three weeks of Bechal. In the three weeks of Bechal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the nine days. Yeah. So um, this is, um, this is the, the powerful um, uh, feeling that we're trying to give every Jew the night of Tisha B'av. We're trying to give them this feeling that you need to start, you need to get this energy from our soul, our ma- mazel, seeing the base of Mikdash, that it's supposed to be inspiring us seeing the base of Mikdash to make us feel to live our lives different 
and to be more in tune with the experience we're going to have when Mashiach comes, and therefore showing out that yes, we're ready for the base of Middash, for the life that we're going to have when Mashiach comes. Okay, Shabbat Mashiach.